0: Welcome everybody to unaltered <clears throat> we're here for another episode <clears throat> with unaltered sorry i'm gonna try to clear my throat here um our episode is gonna be called the, the safeguarding the cannabis industry inside the safe banking or inside of the safe banking act um i've got a guest here with me today is david um very popular on twitter he knows his cannabis stuff i'm gonna let him introduce himself um and tell us a little bit about yourself david
1: Hey Michael, I'm really excited to be here today with you and discuss safe banking. Uh, my name is David Dinnenberg. I've been in the cannabis space since basically 2013, 2014. And what I've focused on during that time period is basically compliance and banking. And I just fundamentally believe that the cannabis industry will never reach the heights it deserves. And it, it will reach one day until we have normalized banking, normalized credit card transactions, and remove all these uncomfortable barriers uh, from the marketplace,
0: yeah, man, for sure. It's uh, not only is it just the banking, but I mean the safety of of everybody without the banking. I mean, I feel like I've seen so many World War three episodes in the middle of the street for these guys having millions stashed in the bank. it's It's ridiculous.
1: I say it all the time. It, it, it's not it's not just a banking bill. It's not just a new law. It's a public safety measure, right? This is something that from the cannabis perspective, it's a public safety issue having cash and product and or, or, or products in the same location. And quite frankly, people know about it and you read about it unfortunately way too much.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, shoot, when you literally see it left and right on, and then you're like, Oh, well, how come you can't put your money in a bank and, then it's affecting CBD companies as well, you know, and it's affecting anybody that wants to touch this plant in any way whatsoever. You know, Um, that's a
1: great point, Mike. You know, I don't think people realize, even after the farm bill passed several years ago, banks are uncomfortable banking hemp businesses sometimes and CBD companies um, because the law is so specific on the percentages of THC that you're allowed to have that there's too much risk still in in the hemp industry, in the CBD industry. I mean, I I know banks charge more. Um, Most CBD companies are classified from a banking standpoint as tier two, whereas if you are a true cannabis THC customer, that's a tier one level. So it's a little cheaper to bank as a CBD customer, but it's still not normalized. So there's still work to do on that side of the aisle as well.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, I bank with Bank of the West um, for, for one of our cannabis brands. And, um, I went through like a four month process for them to come and investigate. This was back when I started farming hemp, you know, back in 2018. Um, they came out inspected my farm, made sure I was legitimately a hemp company. Um, I mean, it was crazy. Um, the amount of, um, legal bullshit I had to go through just to just basically prove that I was a hemp company, not a, cannabis company or are trying to hide in between.
1: And I'm um, sure you don't pay $25 a month for your bank account either. You probably pay much more than that.
0: Oh no, I think we pay like 1700 or something like that.
1: Exactly. They gave us a
0: savings account. I mean, we did get access to pretty much everything. we um, did get you. a credit card. Um, they did give us a credit card, but it was very low limits. No matter what you're doing, they're not really going above. I think we, I think we're capped out at like 25,000 and that's the most they'll give you no matter how good of credit you have, your numbers, it doesn't matter. Right. Um, but that's on the CBD side. You go in there telling them your THC company and they just kick you out the door. They
1: just laugh at you. Yeah. Um, well, you know, th- there's a division of the treasury department called FinCEN and they are the financial crimes division of the, um, treasury department and they're the ones who in 2014 sent out the memo right called that great finson memo that was supposed to help um financial institutions start working with the cannabis industry as you and i know because we've been in the market for so long you know there's tens of thousands of banks in the united states tens of thousands i'm not here to tell you there's how many there are but i know there's a lot right
0: right right for sure
1: there's less than 500 banks in the United States who will work with the cannabis industry. And those that do charge, as you know, as a customer, a lot of money, right? I've seen anything from $500 to 2000 a month. I've seen 1% of deposits sometimes. Yep. And and the compliance part, right? For the business on an ongoing month month over month, you know, um, timeframe it's arduous it's it's, you know you're not banking widgets you're banking you know cannabis or hemp or whatever you're banking and it's just it's not right it's just not right no
0: it's not man I mean I feel like um I I, I think it's sad at how far the cannabis game has come um and on the state level in multiple states um and with the movement being so big now it, it just it really shocks me that a lot of these MSOs and a lot of these Um, bigger branded companies out there aren't fighting harder for this when it's them that are the ones that are really taking the punishment from the financial sector to the retail sector to their stores they're the ones that are at all the risk and they're not the ones that are fighting very big and i wonder if it's because they're afraid that they'll come down on them if they do
1: you know I don't know that answer, but I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what safe banking really is in the marketplace, it, just in the world, oh, sure. quite frankly, right? And you know, I see all these people on Twitter or, or social media, or even articles are being written that, you know, once safe banking passes, you're gonna have credit cards, you're gonna have ups, up listing on stock exchanges. Safe banking talks about none of that stuff, just to be clear mm-hmm. with you. And I'm not here to poo-poo anything, okay? I am a supporter of safe banking. I think it's an important step in the evolution of cannabis reform at the federal level, right? Like we're going to have to take baby steps. And I know we're it's, all and it's to, a step. It's a step. That's all it is. Yeah. It's a step.
0: Yeah. And I, and I say that all the time. I, I said this on the podcast a few weeks back. I can't remember who, who's, who's I, was, I think it was a think high crew or something like that. Um, and we were on their show and we talked about, Oh, well even when safe banking passes you're a year out from any implementation. Right. Um Treasury or maybe Department even has longer than that. Yeah. Yep, you got rules and regulations that need to come down on top of that. I mean it's it's so much before it even gets going but it's a massive step in the right direction. And I think that that's where yes. at that, and that's why I wanted to do this show with you um and you know understanding safe banking on a different level. A lot of people just oh well you know pass safe banking so my stocks go up. Well yeah, that's going right. to help. It will help. But again, it's one of those buy the new, buy the hype, sell the news type things. It'll be a small period where you get a nice little run on the stocks. And then you'll see another article that drops two weeks later about how it's going to take three years before we see any type of regulations be finished on it or anything along those lines. Just like we can't even regulate CBD, we haven't even regulated um, the vape industry. And it's been almost 12 years now.
1: So, there's no there, there's no magic wand to what we're talking about right now. I mean I guess yeah. the, the the magic wand would be descheduling or legalization at the federal level. Other than those two things happening and I'm including rescheduling by the way because I don't think people realize just by rescheduling it doesn't make it mainstream and easy. Yeah. Um so it's either deschedule or legalization. If you want to have that magic wand effect, if, you, if you're if you in for the long haul, safe banking is a great start. <laughs> yeah,
0: for sure. And it's funny because I always see these people on Twitter, you know, again, Twitter, TikTok, social media, you know, oh, well, safe banking ain't going to do nothing and this and that. And, you know, oh, we should just go straight to de-scheduling and, and this and that. And it's like, well, you have to have multiple angles of attack. And if you're only attacking from one angle, then that means if you fail, you have no backup plan. I, I agree think that. that I think that descheduling is a backup plan. Uh, I don't see the government descheduling cannabis at all. I don't. I, I see them rescheduling it. I don't see them descheduling. It. Um, maybe we get lucky. You know, I don't know, but it's cra- it's crazy that it's even considered a Schedule One drug as it is, knowing sure. the other drugs that are out there that aren't even on that list. And so,
1: and, and 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 quite frankly, that the United States government owned the patent on using cannabis as a anti-inflammatory. That that patent has expired but they still had that patent. So if, if, if they took the time, effort, and energy to patent that, obviously there's medicinal value to that, right?
0: There's so, something there. Yeah, there's, there's something,
1: something
0: there. there, right. For sure.
1: They, well, They probably didn't want you or I to patent it, which is probably why they did
0: it, but even, you know, by patenting well, the government's something. good at stealing patents anyway, yeah, so it wouldn't yeah. matter if you patented it or not. They would have broke in and stole it at some point if they really yeah, wanted sure. it. Yeah, Um yeah. Well, and, and I mean and I guess that just jumps right into like the next question, what's the need of it? The need of the can- the need for cannabis banking reform. And I think we touched on it a little bit um with, you know, obviously large sums of cash, um you know, the the public safety part of it is obviously one major reason why cannabis banking reform is important, but what other reasons is there?
1: We can start on the business side first, if you want. Then we can go to the consumer yeah. side, because there there are two sides to every equation, right? So I would say we need to normalize business operations, right? Um, there are so many issues or levels of hurdles a cannabis operator has to jump through already, let alone banking, right? So you very difficult. You have the 280E problem if you touch the plant, and you do, like so you know that 280E problem firsthand. Second, you have the reporting at the state level, that's on a daily, monthly, you know, they're up your ass all the time, making sure everything is, you're adhering to state law. And then you have the banking issue. And, and when you put all three of them together, it's a huge burden to operate a business in the cannabis space. So Mary. we're creating jobs we're creating tax revenue for the you know, local and state, and quite frankly, the federal government already. They're taking our money, so why don't you make it easier for us to pay you, right? I mean, um, I, I have spent a lot of time with the BOE office, which is the Board of Equalization in the state of California. People show up there to pay their taxes in, with bags of cash, and they're not set up to collect cash. It takes one person or two people you know, several hours to to count and confirm the dollar amount that someone's bringing in. Um, right. they, you know so I, and then on top of that, like you spoke about earlier, the cost of that bank account, you know, I mean, my personal bank account, if I even get charged a monthly fee, it's what ten bucks, right? right? if you have if you have a business account, they don't charge you if you have enough money in there, or if they do, it's probably ten bucks or twenty bucks how oh, they're offering
0: cannabis? you a 1% 5% savings account yeah. right away here put more right. money in the bank please
1: right and then for a cannabis operator to to spend minimum $500 a month just to have a checking account one checking account is outrageous and they don't even give you a debit card all the time with that checking nope. account so yeah, it's we just need a to deposit normalize.
0: only account
1: yeah i'm all about normalization my fundamental belief is that every cannabis business should be treated like any other business in the world? And we should. I have no problem with state compliance. I think it's, you know, is it burdensome? Yes. But yeah. it keeps the federal government out of our industry. So let's say we accept that part of it, right? Everything else should be normalized. That's my personal opinion.
0: And I agree with you. I, you know, when I, like I said, I, I've been in this game for a while and, you know, I've loved to just be able to do normal marketing, just average right. marketing. Can I just tell you that I even sell this product? I don't, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with the rules of false claims. I, I'm, a, I'm with that. I agree with that. You know, you yeah. can't be false claiming something, right? Yeah. Um, but also I feel like the differentiation, the, the line of what's false claims and what's not false claims needs to be looked at um, because when you have a video footage of proof, then to me, yes, that might not be medically researched, but that is, that passes the eye test for the entire world. When yep. they watch it happen, now that doesn't mean you get to say, "Oh, hey, this cures cancer," but it could, because it has, right? And see, it's just some of these small things, like you said, that normalizing the industry would change. People would be able to just normal, normal market, spend money like everybody else does to get the views and get your product in front of people. Um, yeah. On, on a like, think about this for a second. Ex- exit labels in dispensaries. Now, this is a state level thing. But again, it's one of those things that I have to label it at the lab. I have to label it when it gets into the shop. I gotta label it when I put it on the shelf. And then I gotta label it again before you leave. <coughs> that label before you leave just has a date on it, right? That label costs native roots 1.7 million dollars a year to put on their products. 1.7 million. And then
1: here you an here's extra the other, label. and then here's the other issue. <coughs> California doesn't have that, right? So you have, I, and I, I apologize, is it 38 states or 39 states right now? But regardless. I think it's
0: 38. 39.
1: Okay. Yeah. You have 30, you've 38 different laws. You have 38 different laws.
0: And 38 different processes in those laws as well.
1: That's right. There's and no normalization.
0: None. And, and, and I'm glad you bring that up because when we opened our first store uh, for Primo out in Ohio, we ran into an issue of right off the bat. Um, got fully licensed extractor, processor, everything. In Ohio, the rule states that you can't make a you can't make a full spectrum product in the state of Ohio because you can't even hold full spectrum distillate in your lab at all unless you're a THC regulated company, gotcha. right? And so in Ohio, if you're a CBD company, you can't make full spec. You can't make it at all. It doesn't matter what license you have. The second you extract your flower to distill it, they make you remediate it to broad spectrum. They make you get to, the, or well, at least to compliant distill right, so right. You have to have it ran through chromatography before you can even use it as a starting ingredient in Ohio. And in Colorado, it's completely different, right? In Colorado, if you extract it and it's your plant material, they don't give a shit what you do with it. They literally don't care. As long as, as, long as you you're reporting it. it.
1: As long as you're as yeah. you reporting exactly. it. exactly. Yeah.
0: And that you farmed it and you extracted it, right? You have to do the whole process. You can't um, farm it, extract it somewhere else and then bring it back. But it doesn't matter. Even if you bring it back, there is no 0.3 rule. All our rule is, is that the finished product going out the door has a 0.3. Our raw materials don't matter, but you have to be licensed and you have to be approved by food and safety and all these other things that um, a lot of other companies don't do. And see, I'm with the food and safety division, right? The state regulations, like you said, food and safety. I actually like, that the medical marijuana or the med enforcement in the United, in Colorado and the Department of Ag said, hey, you know what? We're only going to um, worry about the growth of it. Once you grow the plant, that's all of our regulation ends there. At the end of their regulation, now it's food and safety, if you're a processor or, or um, uh, extractor, right? Now that's all on food and safety, which is good because food and safety should be a regulatory body for that. They already do that in all kitchens and everything else. So no arguments there, right? These are the standard. These are standards, right? These are standards that have been around forever. Um, But when you start adding in 15 different exit labels and 35 different tests and all of these things that you don't need to do, right? If I test my raw ingredients and my raw ingredients are clean of pesticides and everything else, then I shouldn't have to pull a full panel on my finished products. I just shouldn't have to. Some states require Some states don't. But that's the disconnect that you're talking about is that in Ohio, it's one way. In Colorado, it's another way. And in California, it's another way. And in Minnesota, they don't care anything you do there. And, you know, so it's all over the place. And so now you have people that are in the industry moving their businesses to certain states just to operate under a better reg- regulatory framework, if that makes sense.
1: It does. And then you have the East Coast, which is really a completely different model than everything we're talking about. It's truly medicinal there. I mean, I know they have rec states. That's fine. But the core of the East Coast is the medicinal products,
0: right? Unless you're in New York,
1: right? Which they haven't even crazy right now. They haven't even gotten their market up and running yet, so
0: which is crazy. It's but I've been telling people a lot about this because the same thing that New York's going through right now, Colorado went through. Sure, went through this stage where we have you know 800 dispensaries in the first week in 2008, like literally (laughs) instantly 800. Yeah. And then about a month later, 500 of them were shut down, raided, closed, you know, laundry list of other things that happened to them. Then they all started to build back up and then they moratoriumed it at like 555 or something. No more licenses. Totally. Well, then they went into the, started doing the New York thing where everybody was opening up this gifting version of a dispensary where you bought a pack (laughs) of papers for five bucks and you got an eighth or a dime bag or you bought a pipe and you got a quarter. Right. And so they played this game for a while and they still have those shops as of today. And so I I tell the guys in New York that I see complaining about it, like you're not going to get those 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 shops off the street. It's just not going to happen. Colorado has been trying for so long and they raid them once a month and they just pop back up in another block in another building right around the corner.
1: I I remember at one point, Los Angeles had 350 legal licenses. They had 2000 dispensaries.
0: Right. Exactly how it works, man. Yeah. But see, again, the government wants you to comply by the rules, but they don't want to write the framework. And it's like, and we're such a reactive country. um, We're not proactive. I mean, just like the hemp bill. Um, I mean, I'm grateful for the 2018 farm bill, but the 2018 farm bill had zero thought behind it. It was just like, oh, here we go. Farm bill. Let everybody extract. Let everybody farm like. Let's just open up a real big a can of worms here. And then that's what happened. Every single person that had a million dollars went out and bought an extraction lab and you know started ordering all this crap from China and instantly jumped into this game. And then we wonder why we have a problem. Well, we have a problem because you just let everybody jump into the game when you already have literally the other half of this industry very heavily regulated in multiple states. And then you just throw this other curveball in here where it's like I can literally make every single every single THC product there is. I can make from my hemp fields. I don't need to do it in a high concentration in THC to still make the same plant. So when they open, or the same products, right? I can make D9 gummies, I can make D9 cartridges out of hemp derived products all day long. Um, And they get you just as high as any other THC company's products, right? There's no difference. So when there's that much, you know, one regulated industry and then another industry comes jumping in and they're really the same industry, same plant, same everything, But one's completely legal and the other side's super heavily regulated and, you know, even just have a distillate can put you in prison still if you're not doing it right on that end. Sure. That's where they screwed up at. I think that they should have had a lot more thought about this before they decided to throw them both out. But the one thing that I do think it did was help speed up the process because now they got to figure something out because there's too many people under the hemp game that are doing THC stuff on a very high level. And they're not even hiding it. They also,
1: they also should have had the FDA involved in
0: the beginning. Oh, of course. You know, and the FDA still doesn't know what to do. Right. You know, and eventually the FDA still lost. And eventually they're going to come out and they're going to come out and lay down hard because they didn't have a chance to really figure it out. They're watching us right now. It's like what they're doing with the vape industry and everything else. They're paying attention. And yep. right now it's all they're doing. They're shutting their mouth and they're paying attention. They're watching what every company's doing. They're They're, they're watching how you're doing things. If you're the claims, the websites, the social media, I mean, they're watching it all. And I've got a feeling that when the FDA comes down, it's not going to be pretty. I think it's going to be very tough. I think they're going to make it a lot harder um, than it is now. And I think that's just because they've seen a lot of what's going on. Um, The other part of it is, though, is they're really uneducated. Um, And I think that that's the one thing that they're starting to realize is that, you know, they want to ban isomers. They want to ban this. They want to ban this. But we really don't have enough research on any of this yet. And we don't have the money behind it because of safe banking, right? Like money. nobody's putting any millions of dollars into research and cannabis right now because they it's not a safe bet as of right now, you know? It's, it's a, you know,
1: I have that research conversation with people all the time. It's like the tail wagging the dog. It's just, you know, a lot of universities won't do research because it's federally illegal. some Some do, some get approval, some do it. Um, you know, my gut tells me until there's true research behind all this stuff that we're talking about today that, you know, you're just not going to see federal change. You're just not.
0: Right. And it sucks because, and that's what, you know, like I was saying earlier, is why is the MSOs, the colleges, everybody that has an opportunity that, that has the money that can just go do the research, that can put the time into it, they need to do it. And I mean, I know that there's a few organizations or a few yeah, universities there out there that are doing it. Sure um like Oregon State University is a big cannabis or university and they do a lot. Um,
1: university of Colorado does too. I mean University of Colorado
0: does as well yeah. agricultural yeah
1: there, there, Penn State does I mean there's definitely universities but you know the, the issue always comes back to it's still federally illegal. there's still a, st- a stigma attached to it. and and, and until we can get down on those barriers and make this thing more of a mainstream product that's safer than alcohol and safer than tobacco and safer than opioids and all the different things that we know are already out there causing problems you know we're gonna be having this conversation unfortunately for a long time i think for
0: sure you know maybe somebody spends a couple million dollars to couple of probably a couple hundred million dollars and do a nice big super bowl one minute ad that just talks about how cannabis has zero deaths and everything else has so many more maybe people will wake up and, and, and realize it because there's somebody on twitter i can't remember who he is but he's always talking about how we glorify alcohol and we glorify all of these other um well drugs I, or social
1: well think about it this way right drinks. Like i
0: know i know you're a sports guy i'm a sports guy
1: so whether I was watching, you know, the Cincinnati tournament yesterday for tennis, or I'm watching football, or I'm watching basketball, they're all talking about gambling. All of them. They post the lines, they post the promotions. So you're you're watching a sporting event and, and the commercials involve pharmaceuticals, gaming, and alcohol. But every cannabis ad submitted for Super Bowl, and there's been a few of them. They turn get turned down. Turn down. Yeah. It, 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 it blows it, it, my mind. It, it really well, does. Well, it's because blow my they're
0: mind. owned by the they're owned by the establishment. I mean, it's really shatty, shitty to say it. I mean, this is for a different conversation, a different uh, a different show, you know, because I will be getting into some of this stuff later on down the line. But the reality is is they're they control it all. I mean, almost I think it's like seven of the top eight or seven of the top nine news agencies, are all owned by the same people. Right. So at the end of the day, they get to put up what they want, and it doesn't matter what you want them to do. It don't matter how much you want to pay them. I mean, they know they got somebody else lined up to take that thirty-second spot and have that money already. That's right. So if if we can't put them in a position to where they don't have anybody else, then you're never going to win, and that's not going to happen. So sure, uh, not in our lifetime anyway. But all right, man. Well, let's jump over to the next topic of this, man. The the political impact and the political, or sorry, the potential impact and political landscape of safe banking and why safe banking is still on hold. I guess that's the real question is early on in the year, we had a lot. I mean, obviously, let's just go back to 2020. There was a lot of talk in this election about safe banking, a lot of talk about getting cannabis done. Right before the election in 2020, the House passed the Safe Banking Act, the the original version of it or whatever, through the House in 2020. The House has passed it several times. Several times, right? And so the 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 former
1: House, meaning the Democratic-led Nancy Pelosi House, passed it several several times. Yes,
0: multiple versions of it, right? Passed it, passed it, passed it, passed it. Mm -hmm. Well, obviously, twenty twenty, the whole twenty sixteen to twenty twenty years, the Dems weren't giving the Republicans a win to save their life on anything, and that's just what it was. Or vice versa. Or vice versa, right? And I feel like that's where we're at today, right? It's the flip-flop version of it, right? So it's like, well, it now, now the Republicans got all kind of hold the cards on safe banking now. Um, and so I guess the main question is, is that we've seen this all kind of transpire over the last few months. We've seen a lot of reports that there's, at, or well, even on the, on the uh, Senate's website itself, there's nine Republican co-sponsors that have signed the bill as of right now. Two more and we're filibuster proof of there's words that there's 14 out there if that is true what are we waiting on what is the holdup is it election is it schumer not liking section 10 for real and really going to kill the whole bill over one section um what do you see where do you see this coming where do you see it going and what do you see how the ends gonna the year will end and how do you see 2024 playing out with it being an election year
1: Okay, so this is just my personal opinion. And, and my opinion is this, as someone who has read too much about this topic for the last 10 years, um, I don't believe it passes this year. I, I just don't. Um, when When the Senate comes back in September, they're going to have what they call bigger issues to talk about and deal with than cannabis banking, specifically, you know, keeping the government open for business. Um, and not that it won't cause they always figure that one out. Right. But it gets dragged out.
0: That's the headline. Especially now and, it's going to be dragged out for a while on this one. I guess. Right.
1: And then the cynical part of me says we're in elect we're going to, we're going into a huge election cycle. It's a presidential election cycle. People love to run on cannabis. Right. I mean, look at Biden when he ran like, He had a whole platform for cannabis reform. Um, We're three and a half years into it or three years into it, and it hasn't happened. So it's a great topic to run on. Um, I I just fundamentally believe it doesn't pass. That's, I don't even think it gets a vote. That's my personal opinion. And even if it passes the Senate, it still has to go to the house. And, you know, we have Republican leadership in the house and I'm not so sure it passes the house, so. um, I think I'm not sure that's in
0: the house either.
1: Yeah, so I think two thousand. We're talking about this next year is what I'm trying to say to you. Um, I do think there was a chance before, um, and I, I I do like Chuck Schumer as, as a as a as a politician. I think he's a good-hearted person, and I do think he means to do the right thing. And I do think he is supportive of the cannabis industry. I, I don't think he played his cards correctly in trying to move. It's a move, move, you know, his bill, which is his cannabis reform bill forward. Um, I would like to see Cory Booker do more. Um, I think Cory Booker could be a very impactful person in the cannabis world. And I I haven't figured out why he's chosen the sides that he's chosen in the past. But I think there was momentum, you know, a while ago. And I think Cory, I shouldn't say Cory, I think Senator Booker and Senator Schumer kind of didn't see eye to eye how to move forward. And I think that messed some things up. Um, but as I'm sitting here today, I thought, you know, if you remember in June, all the press and all the articles in July, all the press and all the articles, and I was just sitting there saying this thing's not going to change. And and then you have MasterCard come out, what, three weeks ago. Visa came out nine months ago, by the way. People yeah. forget that, okay?
0: yeah, Visa did you know, it first.
1: You know, and... and you know, these guys know what's going on, first of all. Second of all, if you've ever seen a letter from MasterCard or Visa asking you to stop taking payments in, in the Canada space, it doesn't say, you know, asterisk, we're waiting for safe banking. It says because it's federally illegal. So I am a believer, based upon facts, that even if safe banking were to pass, you're not getting credit cards.
0: No, I don't think so either. Not right off the bat. I think it'll take years for that to happen. And,
1: and You know, and that's that goes back to, but, but I've always said this too, right? Mike, I can go to Bank of America and take my ATM card out, which has a Visa logo on it. And I can get a hundred dollars out of my bank and I can drive to the dispensary and spend that hundred dollars. So do they really care where it's coming from? No. It's my money. It's care. your money.
0: Yeah, yeah, they don't care. And, and, you know, so to touch back on what you're saying here is, and I I, I kind of feel the same way, man. I, I think that at the end of the day, I don't really trust any politician. I think that they're all pretty scandalous people. But at the end of the day, he, he seems like he's genuinely wanting to pass safe banking. Like, I, I truly believe that. Like, I think he is genuinely wanting to do it. But I also don't think that he wants to give the Republicans the win that he wants to give them or that they want to get out of it, which is kind of crazy that this has all come down to, I mean, according to the news anyway, who knows what's going on in the back rooms and everything, but section 10 seems to be the up right? And that's from Schumer's mouth, right? Section 10, they don't like it. Somebody didn't, somebody's objecting against it. And I'm like, well, if it's just one small provision, right? One provision, again, this is not going to be, you're going to have to write a gang of laws around this still. I mean, this is just kind of breaking the door open. Why not just get this done? And then when you go to the regulatory framework of it, write it up and, you know, argue about it then, but give us a win. Give us a win in the cannabis industry somewhere. Give us something to look forward to. Um, And so from, like you said, I think you said, like you said, you said it best. It's a political year. And when it's a political year, it always gets used as that political football. So I think that for Biden, if I'm looking at it from an actual effect on the election, I think that Biden should do something before the election. I don't think that they should run on the idea that he's going to pass it once he gets more time. Um, I think that that ship sailed. I don't think anybody in the country cares what you're going to do next year anymore uh, based on what's happened in the last four years, right? You already ran on this. You said this. So if you try to say it again, it's not going to work. It may for some people, but I don't think it's going to work for the majority. I think he's going to have to get it done before the election happens, and that'll give him that win so people will say, okay, well, at least he got done what he said he was going to get done, and that'll help him for his votes,
1: I if that's think what so. he cares I, about. I, I think he's going he, to come back and say, you know, we couldn't get everything done, but you know, I got people out of federal prison with, with marijuana crimes." I think that's what he's going to say.
0: And he could. And he could so then that's the that brings up the even sketchier part right because then it gets to the point to where, um, in theory, the Democrats could pass safe banking by themselves, um, at the, in the Senate level anyway, not at the not at the House level. And that's Maybe. probably why they haven't done it because they know if they passed it, right, it wouldn't really matter because then it's still going to get held up at at the House level. Maybe that's why they're just like even if we pass it, it's just going to be just like the House did a bunch of wasted time and. You know, it didn't get anywhere. It didn't get nothing done. That bill didn't go through and get passed in the Senate. Um, so it's tough to see. I, I, there's just so many factors, man. I mean, from I, the political I think the side true, to the... I, I, think, right.
1: I, think the true, I think the true reality is cannabis to you and to I and to me is everything. It's what we do for every day. It's our living. It's our, you know, whether you're in real estate or you're in sports or you're in selling widgets right we're in the cannabis space and it's all we think about and it's all we read about and it's what we care about and unfortunately there's not enough of us and that's true too you know most people are are you know they vote for one reason they either you know want lower taxes or they want higher taxes they want better health care or they don't care and and cannabis just it brings out the younger people for sure um but it just it's not a big enough Issue in America right today right. to get you know to carry the to
0: carry the water it needs to get carried with. What do you think about the House? So when I look at the House, I think that the House is getting younger. Um, Senate's not quite getting younger yet, but the House is definitely getting younger. Uh, with the House getting younger, do you think we could see a shocker where some of these Republican representatives that don't necessarily ever vote for cannabis have always been against cannabis in their specific districts? Do you believe that you may see a a big change in their way that they vote for a safe banking bill Um, or even just not even just safe banking, just put cannabis in any type of bill? You think that we will have more Republican support from the House of Representatives moving forward as it starts to get younger?
1: I, I think if you covered the word cannabis or whatever word that person is calling it that day, right, put a piece of masking tape on top of the word and you go through the list and you say, you know, it's a tax generator, it's a job creator, um, it helps people, it helps reduce opioid overdoses by 25% in states that have cannabis available to the consumer. Um, If you go through those bullet points, it's really a no-brainer, okay? Then, then, if every senator and every House and every representative voted the way their state has already mandated it already be legalized. So, so my answer to you is you can't blindfold these people and they live in a world where the stigma still carries a lot of weight. Okay. And I've heard the other side of the argument, which is, okay, it's not as bad as this and it's not as bad as that but why should we legalize another vice in America? Right? Like why we already have all these problems. Why do we want to add another problem? And that's just uneducated people. I think the best example of somebody changing their mind and spending the time to do research and to educate themselves and to talk to people which changed their mind is Dr. Sanjay Gupta from CNN. I mean, to me, especially if you think about Mike back in 2014, 2016, every time an episode of Weeds was on CNN, you would have states starting to talk about legalizing cannabis at the state level. He had like the Oprah effect in, in the in the cannabis market, as far as I'm concerned. It takes time for these types of people to get their arms around it and to understand. And I feel like if, the, if our representatives in Congress and the Senate took the actual effort to learn and get educated, we'd be in a different spot. But they don't. And they don't have to, quite frankly. And it just sucks. It really. That's the part of politics that drive me crazy, which is, you know, I mean, look at Oklahoma. It's not even a red, it's not even a blue issue. It's a purple issue. Over 60% of America is in favor of cannabis reform, and over 55% of Republicans are in favor of it. And look at Oklahoma, um, Ohio, Florida. I mean, you have all these typical red states. They've done it. They've taken the, they've listened to the constituents and they've legalized cannabis.
0: Yeah, man, I mean, we, uh, I think you just got muted. Okay. Their states have already. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you know what's crazy is, is you're right. Um, and, I, and I've been saying this for a long time everybody likes cannabis. Everybody likes cannabis. I mean, there's a big, big majority that like cannabis. So it's not like we have, have, have a bunch like of.
1: It. You don't have to, yeah, like you don't to, have to vote for
0: it. Right. But I'm, what I'm saying is there's so many people that do love it. I mean, Colorado voted 83%. 83% in Colorado to legalize cannabis, and we're a blue state, right? 83%. So when you think about those numbers, you start spreading them out. You look at all these numbers all over the United States. It has significant significant amount of people that are about behind it. But then we have these small little legislators that we all vote for to get into office, um, and it's usually on other issues, right? They they got in because they I agreed with them on yeah. this issue. It wasn't cannabis, right? And we need to get more people to vote right. on the idea that just give me one year of voting because of cannabis, and we'll get some different people into office that will want to do it. Um, because there's a lot of people running yeah. on cannabis, I think. But that's the other thing, is, is a lot of them run on it and then they get quiet once they get in there. And so well, it's it's because
1: running is easy. Run, running is easy, you know. You can run and say anything, right? I'm gonna do this, right. I'm gonna do that, and then you get there, especially the new people that you're talking about they're junior senators they're junior congress people they don't have any power and right. they can't get anything done and then they get there and find out holy shit, i can't do the things i want to do that's what happens. i wonder if that
0: hurts people you know it's funny i always thought that most politicians get into politics because they truly want to do something good no it's um, but then they then they get in there well yeah i mean power is definitely one of them i think anybody that any position of power you want. Uh, But I think that a lot of them do get into, they want to make a change, right? Like somebody wants, they want to make a change. They want to do something. But not a lot of them, I think that they learn. uh, It's funny, actually Putin said this about the United States presidency. And it's kind of something to think about is that they all have good ideas. He said that I've met a lot of US presidents that have a lot of good ideas. (laughs) But once they get in that seat, they have a whole group of other people that are telling them what they can and can't do. And their ideas don't ever come to fruition because the system that they are working in within doesn't allow it to happen. Yeah, And I mean, so, yeah. and I, I mean, I'm not a Putin guy. I don't I, fucking, I, I'm not against anybody, but he braces a very critical point. This is a world leader who has met multiple of our presidents. And he says that there's reasons that he believes that there's a lot of good ideas, but none of them ever happen, And so, and this has gone back for decades. Every yeah, single yeah, yeah. president there is. It's not just sure. one versus the other, right sure. versus left. I mean, I always say, you know, it's one bird, two wings, bro. I mean, at the end of the day, they fly together. Um, you know, I've even seen it on the Senate floor where, you know, you've got Democratic and Republican senators and House representatives get up and be like, you know, we're going to sit here and argue for the next four hours and talk shit about each other. But then we're all going to go to dinner later. We're all going to sure. go hang out and act like none of this happened.
1: And so because there's no TV cameras at
0: dinner. Right. And and so I think that that's one thing that I think a lot of people need to really wake up to on more of the political side of just cannabis and anything in general when it comes to politics is that you should really think about what they're both saying and watch what they're both doing because you're going to see a completely different side of them both. It doesn't matter which side you're on. The Republicans will say one thing and do something else. The Democrats say one thing and they do something else and they do it all the time. And they say it to you here, and then they do it different here. And the more people realize that, you start to understand it's just a big game. And we just got to learn to find out what we can fit at in the middle and where we can be useful, right? Like, this is why I like doing stuff like this, right? How are we going to get safe banking out there? Well, hell, we got to start telling people about it. We got to tell everybody about it. More people need to understand. Um, And even if it's not about safe banking, it's about cannabis, Right. And yep. so cannabis and the healing properties behind cannabis. I mean, it's crazy. Charlotte Fiji was the, the golden child of this industry for a while. She brought us to the game. She brought everything to, to fruition. Um, she really made a lot of the senators, right? A lot of the governments have to do something. I don't think they had a choice. They The movement was so big and it got so big so fast that something had to give. And I feel like that's what kind of pushed the medical game and got everything really, really going. But what happened since that movement? Do we need another person like that? Do we always do we have to consistently bring another proof to the table for it to continue? But to let work? me ask you this
1: question: Who brought Charlotte from the center?
0: Well, the Stanley brothers did, right?
1: Right, but nationally and from an acceptance standpoint, it was Sanjay. Oh, that
0: was. Steve, yeah, he was the uh, he's the uh, CNN reporter, the doctor, the okay. CNN doctor, right? Yep. I know he took a lot of heat during COVID, um, but now he's you know I you know I've always told people a lot like if you're in the cannabis game, I don't care what you think about this man. When it comes to everything else, this this dude has literally done more than anybody for cannabis um, on a reporting level and and getting it out there and, and willing to fight the good fights. So, yeah,
1: but you yeah. know. Charlotte is a great example. Um, And if you remember back then, I think that was like
0: 2012 or 13. Yeah, right Um, after it started getting legalized in some ways in some states. Right, but but
1: I also remember that there were stories of all these families who were moving to Colorado Mm -hmm. to get access to the medicine. Yep,
0: they were, man. They were flying into this state like crazy. Yeah. And they all got helped. And that's that's the crazy thing about it. I mean, uh, just like the Parkinson's stuff, I'm really excited about the Parkinson's stuff. I think that what CBD and THC can do for Parkinson's is outright ridiculous. And it's proven
1: over and over and over and over again.
0: Um, and we see a lot more of those videos than we do from the Charlie Fiji's and things like that.
1: Oh yeah, I, I posted a Parkinson video the other day. Somebody put you know some cannabis oil in, in their tongue and you know, 20 minutes later, they weren't shaking. They had no issues. They could speak and they could do anything.
0: Yeah, I think I shared that video uh, that you had posted. And then uh, I'd seen another one that there was an older lady. She was a British lady. Uh, and she uh, used to put uh, butter, a, a THC CBD butter, 50, a one-to-one uh, split or one-to-one ratio on her crackers of butter. Oops. And she would eat it. She had Parkinson's. And uh, she would eat like, I think she said like two cookies every four or five hours and she could stay shake-free all day long. So and I'm just like, let's do,
1: you know what? So here's my opinion of that. Whatever makes someone feel better, they should be allowed to do. It's their own body, thousand. right? Like she's not hurting anybody by having five or six or eight cookies a day. You know, maybe nope. she's gaining a little, maybe she's gaining some weight, but besides that, she would trade that all day to have the tremors not being there, right? And to have Max. some sort of normal existence. And whether it's a cure, whether it helps the side effects, I don't give a shit, okay? If it makes somebody feel better and
0: it's, all not, willing,
1: and it's not hurting anybody, right? You're not going to get gangs shooting at you and... You're not going to become, and I know there's an argument. You you can become addicted, but addicted to what? Feeling good,
0: right? I don't know. I, I, addicted I don't to know. being balanced, like that's right. what I always say. It's like an addiction to being balanced. Um, I actually have uh, two girls that work for us out in Ohio, and uh, one of them just finished up their master's um, in cannabis science at the University of Maryland. And she's very educated on this stuff now, you know. She's been going to school for a very, very die hard cannabis girl. And she always talks about it, you know. We need to start tell talking the story more like she does. This is a harmony thing. This is about feeling a hundred percent. It's about getting up every day and feeling better, not having to take the the different supplements and things like that. Just use your own endocannabinoid system, your own ECS, and take care of your body. It's really that simple. And and I tell people a lot in the CBD industry, they're like, well, CBD didn't work for me and this and that. And it's because they don't understand. They think that you just take a drop of CBD and you just feel better. It's a a supplement. It truly is a natural supplement that you have to use just like anything else. It's a 30-day type thing. You use it all the time. And then in six months, you ask yourself, do you feel better? Do you have more energy? Do Do you feel more balanced? Do you feel all these different things? Is the anxiety down? That's when you go back and say, hey, did it work? CBD yeah. worked for me or did it not work for me? Did cannabis work for me or did it not work for me? And um, so I'm very big on pushing that message, man. You got to try it. You got to stick with it. And not only try it and use it, but there's a lot of different ways to use cannabis on a holistic side and on a non-holistic way. Um, the, the plant is very, very valuable. Um, and even into a textile park, market as well, which oh, yeah. is, again, being held up by safe banking regulations and we're talking about making t-shirts here we're not even talking about getting high but yet it's being held up because of the get high stigma that's right you know and it's really sad to see and, and then it's carbon numbers i mean what what cannabis can do with carbon is just outright ridiculous totally, um, and so it's There's just some- it's one of those things that i always wonder how do we get the right spokesperson right like he, how do you go and and talk to these people and and or put it out there in these podcasts and things like this to get them to truly understand. Um, Like you said, it's if you take the stigma away and you look at it from an environmental standpoint, you look at it from a medical standpoint, all these different things, the agenda the United States has pushed on us for the last five years. And it's going to continue to push on us as climate change changes and all of these other things. Right. If we're going to continue to push this agenda for us to be a cleaner energy planet and all of these things, then we should start pushing legitimate, uh, um, how would you say the word, legitimate uh, options that will successfully complete that in a true amount of time period. In a time period that actually makes sense. Um, And, and, you know, I, I made this argument not that long ago. Um, and this was strictly on cotton and it was about the halogen light bulbs and stuff like that. But uh, I wasn't trying to to uh, disregard what the White House is doing or that it's not that it's a good thing in the long run because it is a good thing in the long run. I just think from a critical standpoint, it's a very stupid plan, right? Because we're like, hey, well, we're going to ban halogen light bulbs starting like right away. Well, now how many businesses are you going to put out of business that, that make halogen light bulbs? How many people are going to lose jobs because of that? And you're going to remove 200 million acres or 200 million metric tons of carbon in the next 50 or 30 years is what they said. When I can do 50 million a year by just cutting and go by us just switching to a 50-50 cotton and hemp textile market. One switch, you don't lose jobs. You keep jobs, right? Right. You cut out cotton, you switch over to hemp on half of the acres. Those cotton guys can literally just plant the hemp. Same infrastructure, same everything, right? There's not a lot of change here, man. I mean, I've been doing a lot of research on it. It's not a lot of change at all, but it removes 50 million 50 million uh, metric, uh, metric tons of carbon annually, and you don't lose any other jobs. Now that's just a more critical plan, whether it goes into effect or not. I'm just saying that I come up with that out of five minutes, just because I'm in the hemp game. Right. You've got so, five hundred politicians thinking about this plan.
1: So here, here, here's my contrarian point of view. Right. So, look at electricity or power for a minute. Right. Germany probably has one of the best alternative energy programs in the, in the world. Right. Who owns the power company in Germany? The German government.
0: The German government, yeah.
1: Right. Canada has a great alternative program for for energy. Who owns the power company in Canada? The government. We are a private
0: contractors.
1: Right. We are a deregulated democracy, capitalist country. And our government can't make those systematic changes as quickly or efficiently as other countries come because we're not deregulated. Right. It just,
0: and that makes sense. Fast. Right. Yeah. They just can't, they just don't have their framework to switch it over fast enough because you right. have to get all these private companies to get yeah. on board. It's not like the United States government could just be like, Hey, you know what? We're going to do this. And right. you know, we own 90% of cotton production. We can switch it over whenever we want. We're going to make sure our planet works. You have to literally convince everybody that's a private contractor to then that's do right. that. Yeah. Um, which, and again, I don't think it's hard to do if you start if you get the movement started, right? It's like you get one big company to do it, then they all kind of start to fall in line if it's profitable, right? It has to sure. be profitable, and and that's the thing with America is everything's got to be profitable, um, and so and again, can, cannabis can be profitable? Um, and, I, and that's what and I always say. Well, if the government's given me a grant to plant all these acres to remove carbon, they can buy back the hemp fiber from. Them. I keep, people in, I keep people working, right? I mean, these are just simple logistics, but they don't, They won't do right. it. And even on a small program, and this is where the climate control things come, come in, right? The Green New Deal, right? The Paris Accord Agreement. The government's already charging these companies for carbon credits. They're already charging these companies to before they even drill based on a carbon output that they believe that they're going to make. Before they even drill. Now, that's what the whole Paris Accord Agreement's about, basically. Charge you right. more money to do your deal, And then we take that money and invest it into green energy. Why isn't cannabis one of those number one green energy investments when it's clearly the number one carbon sink on the planet that we know of?
1: It's a a great question. Um, I'm not smart
0: enough to answer that one. Yeah, that's the million dollar question. And you know, uh, you know, they they put all this money into these oceanography ways and all these different ways to remove carbon. Um, but they're not looking at it from a domestic standpoint to where we can remove a lot of carbon on our own and really not have to do much. And again, even if you don't want to switch change over, and change all these things over, you can still pay cannabis companies to go or at least give them some kind of credit for farming hemp and the carbon that they're removing. Right. Because just any cannabis farmer. I mean, how many people farm fiber this year that could, that yes. should get a carbon credit reduction on their taxes at the end of the year because of how much carbon was removed on that. It's market. just like
1: the alternative energy sector where they have the REX and they're tradable and they're commodities and they go up and down. They fluctuate in price. It should be the
0: same thing. Exactly. Let the people make the market, man. You know,
1: that's American. They should do that, right?
0: That, well, that's what they want. That's what they keep. They, they they sell you on this idea, but they don't let you make the market. It's the greatest. Uh, what did George Carlin say? Uh, he called it the the uh, the American dream. The I forget what he calls it. The American dream, the dream that you never wake up from because it never happens. Right. It's always it's a, it's yeah. literally a dream. Like it's not. Right it doesn't actually matter. So. Yeah. yeah, it's a pipe dream. Right. Yeah. All right, man. Well, cool. So I mean, I think that that's a really good take um, onto you know on the political landscape of things. I I just think at the end of the day, it's a political football. I don't see, uh, you know, we can talk about certain senators who might have the right feelings and the right agenda and the right, you know, um, idea, and they're trying to do the right thing. But when you look at it as a group and as a whole of what they do up there, it it is a political football. The Dems need a win in 2024, and cannabis is either going to be what they use to hope to get it, or they're going to get it. But they're not going to get it passed with any Republican support if they do because the republicans ain't going to give them a win before the election and that's the one thing that scares me it's like then they'll just go in they'll filibuster it you you know what i mean even if it does get done and they don't have the republican support then it's just going to be we're going to start all over again it's it's going to be filibustered you know and so i wish i could sit here and say like you do like i had hope i had hope early in the year i don't got hope anymore um I think it's definitely a 2024, maybe even a 2025 and farther on issue. And, unfortunately, we're just going to have to keep staying in the trenches and keep fighting the good fight, and maybe one day will we'll, we'll, something will change. But until then, I, I really don't know what else to do except for keep bitching about it and hopefully somebody sees it.
1: I, I think you're doing a great job because I personally believe all we can do, right? We're not senators and we're not lobbyists all we can do is speak the truth educate people and have conversations with people who don't agree with us that's the only way we move this thing forward it's a team effort it's an industry effort it's a community effort and we have to stick together stay together and and really take the time energy and effort to try to help one person change their mind and and For sure. i do that every, you know i think that's a great tool for social media. And I spend a lot of time trying to do that because I, I I don't agree with every democratic law, I don't agree with every Republican law or opinion, I should say, not law. You know, I, I like to talk about or I believe in the things that I believe in. I spend the time educating myself on, on topics that I'm interested in. And you know, I think cannabis is a fascinating topic. And I think it touches Everything It touches healthcare, business, taxes, job creation, you know, then you bring in hemp, then you bring in hemp and talk about, you know, building supplies and fabrics and the the cannabis plant literally touches everything that we do on a daily basis. And why it's not a bigger nationwide conversation blows my mind sometimes because, you know, I know the answer. I, I know the answer, but,
0: it's well, a lot of people got other or... shit going on, right? And the stigma, no, but no, 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 no. I mean, if you're not in the cannabis industry, right? You know, and my wife talks about this all the time. You know, she works for the School of Mines. Um, you know, she, she works with some very brilliant people, right? Um, some of the smartest kids in the country. But when you talk to her about these things, she's like, well, how, how, how am I supposed to care about safe banking if I'm not a cannabis company? Why is it my problem? Because for me, it's not. Like, it, yeah, go ahead. And I, I, and I, was just gonna say, I always tell her, well, it's not about you, right? At the end of the day, it's right. about it's about the whole, right? And so, and I say this all the time, it's and it's not about you, it's not about me, it's not about you, it's about what it does for everybody else. And do we want to stand on the right side of history or the wrong side of history? When it comes to cannabis, I want to stand on the right side of history. I want to be the one that was on the right side of pushing the agenda for it to be. Legalized and normalized a hundred percent because its benefits completely one thousand percent outweigh its cons.
1: See, and I, I agree with everything you close. said. But I, I would ask her the question. I'd be like, "I'm sorry, I don't know your wife's name. What's your wife's name?" Ashley. Ashley. I'd say Ashley. Do you think it's fair that I have to spend seventeen hundred dollars a month for a bank account for the business industry that I'm in?
0: Right. She right, I know say, she gets it, but, but yeah, that's she all she can care about it.
1: you know it's right. not about and i say this all the time it's not about being a consumer of cannabis or even cannabis products it's about why are you against it tell me why you're against don't tell me why you're for it right. i want to know why you're
0: against it right that's the and that's why I, for sure and i always ask her you know I ask her, like, I mean, she's in the cannabis industry with me, right? So she gets yeah, of it. course. But I always ask her from, like, this mindset, like, act like you're not here with me, right? Like, you're not my wife. You're not my husband. Or sorry, you're not my wife. You know, you're not a part of this brand. You're just a random person, right. right? And so to you, why does safe banking matter? And to her, it's like, well, if I'm just a random person, safe banking don't mean anything to me. Right. Um, you know, and so. and when It's you're not sexy at, at all. Of can- Right. It's not not. sexy. Yeah, And then you ask, you know, you can go ask any random person on the street that doesn't use cannabis or doesn't run a cannabis business and say, hey, you know, um, again, this could be one of those things go downtown just trying to get in signatures for, you know, for a petition. And you talk to these people and a lot of them just don't care because it doesn't affect their everyday life. It's not a part of their world. It's not something that. Um is a daily thing. They're more worried about fucking groceries, or they're more worried about yep. gas prices, or you know, eighty five thousand of the other factors that your life has. And so, I think it's about just getting people to agree that cannabis is not bad. It's, it's, it's a good move forward. It's good for health. It's good for all of these other things. Whether you use it or not, you should support it. And that's the message that maybe we should figure out how to how to send that message to people that whether you use cannabis, whether you use it, whether you're in the industry, whether you know somebody in the industry or not. Just like you said, do you think it's fair? I think that's the perfect word for it. Do you think that it's fair that you get to run your construction company and do whatever you want with the bank, but I have to spend X amount of money to have my account? I have to spend X amount of money just to even put my product on the shelf. I have all these other rules. Mean you are the same though. There's no difference between me and your company. You sell beauty products, I sell CBD products. Right, I agree, with you. and so and that's what I'm, I'm just. And what I'm trying to do is, I guess, I'm just trying to figure out, like, you know, people that are going to watch this, people that are going to see this, like, how do we tell you guys to our viewers, like, whether you care about cannabis or not, whether you're a sports junkie or you're a politic junkie or just everyday news, whatever you follow us for, cannabis is very important to our future, and I mean that wholeheartedly from a medical standpoint, from a textile and food market. To a to the holistic killing to the carbon squandering I mean there's just so many good things that it can do for our planet and then go look it up how many people has it killed how many people has it hurt and the the answer should be very easy you should go tweet about it right now Canada safe banking pass this this is unfair it's that simple amen
1: tell me another essential industry. That was allowed to operate during COVID that can't fucking back. I mean cannabis. cannabis was every legal state deemed it essential. It's medicine. That that was the choice they made, that state.
0: And it was great to see because it was nice to see on a government level that they accepted or they basically said that cannabis was a medicine. Right. They, they they literally said that. Like, I mean, the, the government was like, Here, you're essential. You're a medical right. company, basically.
1: But when that when 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 it got delivered to your house or you went to the store and they came out curbside, you still had to reach in your pocket and pull cash out.
0: Which means
1: you're touching somebody
0: else. Exactly. So, so they could have just paid for it online and you delivered it.
1: Right. So not not it on the, the front that, door. Not only was it a public safety issue. It's a public health
0: issue also. It is. It is a public health issue. And I think that, you know, basically, like I said, we've seen so many cases of cannabis work that, and not a not, not any cases. I mean, I haven't seen any case that, you know, a guy died because, you know, he got super high tonight and went and killed eight people in his car. Like, you just don't see these things ever. They don't come out anywhere. Yeah. And let's be real, the news, I guarantee you, the news is dying to find that story that they can report on on how cannabis is to prove that it's bad. But they can't do it because it's just not out there. And so, I mean, I'm I'm glad I'm a backer. I'm I'm glad I'm a supporter because you know what? It's proven to me that it works on a lot of levels, you know. Me too. Um, Me too. And so, but I've also dealt with being robbed. And I've also dealt with people coming to my store acting shady, wondering where my safe's at, looking around like I'm, I could see I'm, it. I'm sure. You know, and I'm and I don't want to have to kill somebody just to protect my industry or my business or my family or whatever it may be. Like I don't want to have to do that. Yeah. Um. And I I, th- I think a lot of people don't want to have to do that. And and people that say, oh, I'll just shoot the fool. Wait till you put in that position. Cause it's not as easy as people think it is to just no. shoot and kill somebody. And then after you do it, you have to live with it and That's living right. with it's harder than it is doing it. And, and they'll
1: probably, they'll probably hurt themselves before they hurt the other person anyway.
0: Right. And so it's just, it's a sad, it's a sad thing. And I, I'd love to see it changed. Um, but man, I'm real glad that you came on with me today, Dave. Um, well, thank I really you for having me.
1: Mike. I, I enjoyed it also.
0: Yeah. I try to keep these about an hour, hour and 20 minutes, you know, they get too long. People don't want to watch them. Um, but, you know, I I, I think that we've got some good insight. And I think that as this continues to to play out over the next six to eight months, or year, whatever it ends up taking, I'd like to continue to do a few more of these shows, update shows on how safe banking's going. going. Sure. Um, again, the political landscape, what's going on at that time. Um, I mean, you know, we can kind of recap that real quick before we get out of here. Basically, to answer the question of safeguarding the cannabis industry inside the Safe Banking Act, the main question we came to answer today is when's it going to get done. And I think that our conclusive answer is is we don't know. Uh, we just don't know. Um, we can I would sit agree up here and, and and
1: anyone who tells you differently is lying to you.
0: Yeah, they're lying to you. Um, anything else is just a smoke screen. At this point in time, the reality is is there's a lot of talk but not a lot of action and Again, just like Dave said, there's a lot coming back to finish this year off. I just don't see how the government makes it a priority. Um, And then next year, again, it'll be a priority, but I don't think it'll be a priority on the floor. I think it'll be a priority in the news that it's going to get done. And, you know, it'll be that that political salesmanship trying to get it done throughout the election. Hopefully one day it gets done, uh, but I wouldn't I wouldn't hold my breath for the rest of this year and possibly even next year. Um, unless we yeah. get a rescheduling. I think that that could could happen first, but I again, you know, I, I watched a hearing not too long ago where I believe it was the Republican uh, representative Matt Gates was asking about this asking the secretary about, you know, what's up with the rescheduling review this and this and that. And she said she was going to let him know and get into it and all this. And then like a week later, I read that she hadn't even seen it yet. Right. So, again, a lot of talk. The reality is, is that's probably not going to happen either. Um, But I don't want to bust anybody's burbles. Let's, you know, let's let's stay hopeful, stay online, keep posting about it. You know, keep letting them know, you know, if you want to call them and blow them up, go for it. I don't think it helps, but it might help uh you know if, it, if it's always being talked <laughs> about then it might help but the reality is is 25 of us twitter you know online monsters isn't going to get it done you know we need to we need to, we need to get the people behind us and the people need to start exactly. talking about it um exactly. and i think that that will help a change and honestly the older generation i think if their voice will be heard better uh the Baymer, baby boomer version i think if you can get some more of the baby boomers to the that era of people to be more acceptable to cannabis then i think we see things change faster um if they started talking because all of us youngsters i mean of course we're talking about we've been talking about it for a while i mean i've been talking about cannabis for 10 years now 15 years you know I've been trying to push this agenda before it was even legal sure. um, but the older folks have been all against it for so long and so i'd love to see some of these older guys in their 60s 70s 80s you know say hey they changed my mind cannabis does work and i'd love to see yeah. it happen and I think that would make a big difference as well. But um, any closing words from you, David?
1: Uh, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. It was a great conversation. I, I, I think we look at I think we should all look at it this way, which is progress is progress, and the fact that you know there are many bills in the House and in the Senate that are cannabis related, whether it's veterans, whether it's research or whatever it is, you know, cannabis has never been more spoken about inside that 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 sanctuary than it is today, and that's a good thing. And right. progress progress takes time, and change takes even longer. And I'm optimistic. I'm just also realistic, and I don't see change this year.
0: And I agree with you, man. I truly do. Well, I appreciate you, David. Man, I really appreciate you coming on, and hopefully, we can see something else go soon. But until then, you know. Um, Stay feisty on Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn. If you run into a senator, let them know how you feel. That's right. And honestly, use your head when you vote this year. At the end of the year, um, you know I don't know who we're going to have, who it's going to end up being as the two choices. But I got to be honest with you. I don't think either one of them is going to be the best. Um, I think both choices is going to be a pretty tough decision. You're going to have to choose from the lesser of two evils. I hope um, that changes
1: one day as well, by the way.
0: I do too, man. Honestly, there's a few candidates that I, I might just back out of the middle of nowhere that have no chance. But at the end of the day, I'd rather throw my vote that way than be a part of the problem. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, just vote for what's best for you this year. Don't vote for what you think is best or don't vote along the party lines. Get rid of the party affiliations, the party, you know, a light allegiances and just use your head. We use our heads. and We all think independently um and you make decisions based on you and your family i think we'll have a better country and uh and well, i truly well said that. So, well said um i'm gonna get out of here we're gonna get out of here but we truly appreciate you guys and uh we'll see you guys next week actually we'll see you wednesday we have another show so have a good day guys oh, cool
1: thanks for having me mike
0: yeah no